Our first episode, we will be coming live every day, 9 a.m. this week, Hawaii time, which is 3 p.m. East Coast. And then we will have a post-race show on Sunday. So, yes. So yes. your hosts are me, Sarah Gross. And the lovely Kelly O'Mara. And then who? Who is this amazing person right? in between us? <laughs> Julie Moss, we thought was the perfect person to kick us off this week to get us started. Um, thank you for coming, Julie. Absolutely. I do think I'm the perfect person to get you started. Yes, you are. Who, you got it all started. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that today. Yes. Yay. Um, okay. I also want to thank our sponsors, Pillar, Bonk Breaker, Salt Stick, Wahoo, her sports and orca we could not be here without you so thank you so much and we're going to roll our intro clip for you and then we'll be right back with julie zeal pieces from core are designed with one thing in mind reducing your aerodynamic drag so you can go faster with no additional effort looking to shave a few minutes off your ironman bike core zeal tri kit is here for you it's perfect for fast days recovery days and everything in between all of Core's triathlon clothing is created specifically to fit, flatter, and perform when training and racing, so you can fully focus on being awesome. And you can get 15% off all clothing at coresports.com with the code RDAY. That's 15% off at coresports.com with the code RDAY. Taking on feisty goals is only possible when you fuel them. That's why we partnered with Bonkbreaker and SaltStick to create the Feisty Fueled Box, each box contains two PB&J energy bars, two PB&J protein bars, two packets of Rainbow Blast energy chews, two packets of the new OMG energy chews, two packets of salt stick fast chews, three stick packs of salt stick drink mix, two packets of salt stick capsules, and a feisty sticker and custom card with product details, discounts, and fueling tips. That's over $40 worth of sports nutrition for just $30 plus free shipping. To order your box, head over to bonkbreaker.com slash feistybox today. And you can get 20% off all other products at bonkbreaker.com and saltstick.com with the code FEISTY. Woohoo! Okay, our first morning here in the FEISTY studio. I'm so excited. And there are some fun things that happened in FEISTY land over the last couple Feisty days. Land. FEISTY yeah. land. That's what I'm calling it now. Okay. It's not Kona anymore. Um, so our team... <laughs> Our events team arrived because we're hosting a bunch of events this week, which you can find on our Instagram. So we have Carrie, who's behind the camera this morning, Catherine and Celine. And every morning, not every morning, Wednesday and Thursday morning, they are out on our at our house on Alihi with a pop-up shop that you all can go and get these amazing these shirts. Lovely it's shirts. basically at the run turnaround on Alihi. So just yeah. run to the run turnaround and look for the clothes. Yeah. 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 And look for the feisty tent. Yeah. yeah. And Carrie, who arrived this morning, can play the ukulele. Yeah. So she did a little uh, she did a little ukulele number this morning, ad hoc on the street. Let's let's ha take a look at that. Week here in Kona, and the sun is starting to shine. We've been crawling our way to the top since 1982. <laughs> Julie Moss. Right, crawling our way to the top since 1982. Julie, these were the shirts we made, and we made like we were inspired. I feel like that's why you're the perfect person to get started today. You gotta tell us, tell us all about uh, how you even found out about Iron Man, how you ended up crawling your way into fame, crawling your way into fame. Oh, well, first of all, Kelly and Sarah, thank you so much, and it is a privilege to be here um, because feisty women make the world go round, <laughs> right? 
And to be honored with the t-shirt commemorating my 1982 race, it makes me feel this, this sense of pride because oh. to have a woman put their stamp on this race so early on. Oh yeah. We've had to, we've had to keep raising the bar and, and it's been a struggle, but back in 1982, well, at 1981, I saw the Iron Man on television. Yes. And I was mesmerized really by, I, I will famously say men in speedos, but <laughs> the deeper picture came on the marathon when I saw what it took to kind of dig deep into your soul and not being a competitive athlete of any kind that moved me, okay. just it really moved me. And I, I was struck by the fact that I wanted to see the woman's finish. Okay. Yes. And yes. And it finally did come while they were rolling the credits. ABC was rolling <laughs> its credits. So you couldn't really see her very well. And it just hit me. The irony of sitting in this chair is that the very next year I flipped the script and it was all about a woman it was all about, yeah. getting to the finish line. And so, so you saw it on the TV you saw the women behind as the credits, grainy picture behind the credits, and you were like, "I want to be that woman." No, how how did you how did you get into oh, it? Oh, you know, at twenty three, I was sort of twenty two then, but I I would just try things. Sure, I didn't have to be uh, uh, an athlete. The overconfidence of the twenty two year old. No, I get you it. just had to mail in your eighty five dollar check, <laughs> and and you were in. And I thought this will come, this will complete my senior project at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo in California. Sure. Um, it had to encompass something big to encompass my physical education okay. degree. All right. And this is your thesis project. Yeah. It's yes. a thesis project and it's on TV. So, you know, that's extra points. And, All right. and literally my, <laughs> my, uh, advisor said, do you swim, bike or run? And you were no. Like, no. I mean, I commute around on a bike yeah. and, and I surf. Yeah. It's like swimming. And he said, I go, he just laughed and said, this is going to be fun. We'll see how it turns out. And that to me was like, that was my attitude coming here. Okay. Let's just see how this turns out. I did the bulk of my training three weeks before the race. I got here to Kona and I just rode and swam and ran every day. We were talking here. about you coming to our first timers or first timers all here. That's not something you would advise them to do. You know, that's kind of fun to say, do not, <laughs> not do, do what I did. But my secret weapon was my attitude. My only requirement was to get to the finish line all day. Okay. I didn't, I didn't care what it, I didn't care what it looked like. Famous last words. But you just had to get to the finish line. And if every first timer just focuses on, getting, on getting to the finish line, I think they will amaze themselves. Okay. So you did not obviously then plan to become famous. No. Plan to crawl across the finish line. So how did, I mean, I know how that happens here, but how did that happen? And then when did you realize that it had gone like all over the TV? Okay, well, I didn't plan on doing anything but finish. Okay. So here I am with an ABC camera truck on me pretty early on on the bike, and there they stayed. And it it took me a long time to process that I'm winning this race. Hmm. I mean, six miles into the run, I took over the lead, and I'm winning this race. That was such a hard concept to kind of come to terms with. And my reaction was just go harder. And so the crawl at the finish was real, really me just pushing way harder than I should have. Sure. Instead of just keeping it mellow, I started to drink the Kool-Aid and think, what's a winner going to look like coming across the finish lines, <laughs> arms up, ABC. Oh, you should never, never think about the finish before you're there. No. Another. No. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the crawl came because that's all I had left. Okay. And the fact that it, you know, you'd say now went viral was a complete shock. It went viral before viral was a thing. Yeah, it was. It was the um, the phones at ABC, the switchboard got overloaded. I know. Well, because famously, right, they you, they you were crawling and the TV cut in the U.S. 
and everybody was like, oh my God, did she die? And they started yeah. calling AB, right? They started calling in yeah. to be like, we need to find out what happened. Yeah, so they flew yeah. myself and, and the champion, Kathleen, Kathleen McCartney, yeah. back into their studio in New York that very next weekend. To, to, make, to show everyone show that she was alive. alive. <laughs> yeah, things were crazy. Crazy things back crazy. then. And they put the show on two weeks after the original, after the, the race happened. So for them to put all their, all their eggs in that basket huh. was unusual. And they created music for it so that I could crawl to music. <laughs> I mean, it was such a different, they that's did a lot of different things for that, yeah. for that broadcast. And I think that's why they won all kinds of awards and sure. they considered it one of their, their most prized possessions was that footage. Oh yeah. I mean, it obviously is like what everyone who doesn't know anything about triathlon knows about. Right. And was it at the time, like we just said, they didn't even show the woman the year before. And now here you are like on the today show or whatever the equivalent right. was back then. And back then, back in the days. And I mean, was it, in, was it different to have, you know, female athletes being like on the national news, being celebrated, discussed, talked about. How do people respond to that? Well, I think we were used to it in certain sports. Okay. Certainly not sure. for triathlon. No one even knew how to spell triathlon, no triathlon. when I did the race. They I mean, don't. literally. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. So I think to me, I, I pictured Chrissy, you know, Chrissy, um, okay, tennis. Oh, you're talking about tennis. Everett. Chris Everett. Everett. Okay. Chris Everett. Thank you. Senior moment. Chris <laughs> Everett. Um, I pictured uh, Olga Corbett. Okay. I pictured these women who were strong and graceful, probably Olympians, tennis players. Um, and so I did have uh, an image, image of, of strong women in sports. But, but not but not like this idea of like triathlon and crawling. This was this was. Yeah. Sorry, the other thing I wanted to follow up on, too, was that, like, that moment of you crawling and it being televised actually sort of propelled the number of people actually applying to the to do the Ironman, right? The next yeah, year? Yeah, you'd think they, it would have repelled them, but in, right. instead it, right. it was a magnet. And I think the vulnerability that I showed, and then when you're stripped down and your physical goes away and the beauty goes away and the gracefulness goes away, what you're left with is with authenticity, just the human spirit is 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 opened up and put on display yeah. and that is attractive and that's the power of an Ironman race the empowers of endurance sports mm -hmm. is that you you start mining that kind of gold within yourself and so it really grew in there I mean I forget the numbers now but it went from something like 200 to like a thousand the next year right and uh and you came back oh I came back over. yeah and I now I now I expected to have those now kind of like, results. I'm going to win. <laughs> and I actually trained much better, Good. but then I went out like I was going to win it and mm. blew up. And I've had a lot of experience blowing up out there on the lava fields you and, and, and so walking, many people, yeah. walking in. And, um, you know, that was, that was lack of experience and just, just, you know, just a learning curve. It took me a long time to get good at being a triathlete. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. And did, was nutrition part of that? That was actually like what, because when I look at those old clips, even like there's a number of crawling incidents oh, yeah. back in the day. Even when I started the sport, I remember it's like, be careful, you might crawl or you might end up like bending to the side. Do you remember that? But people yeah. don't bend and crawl anymore. You know, like, no. is that a difference in nutrition? Oh, the nutrition's great. I mean, my last uh, time racing here in 19 2018. I don't think I ate anything solid. I mean, it, it, the nutrition now gets in su in such an easy way, easily digestible, mm -hmm. and you you don't take in as much. We used to just cram stuff in, especially right after right. the swim. But like dried fruit oh, and stuff, yeah, right? Just like cram <laughs> food in, and then you're and then you're miserable for most for the first half of the bike ride. Right. <laughs> okay. So the other day, Kelly and I went up to Bike Works. 
Um, and we talked to another pioneer in the sport, Janet Miller, who was the founder of Bike Works, and she also did the race in 1994. So we're going to roll that canoe. I'm going to. I can't even speak anymore. We are going to ro roll the clip of Janet. In those days, in 1994, I trained with the men. And in 1994, Grant also did it. So I was always trailing behind him, you know, and it was like, he would be like, ride hard or ride home alone. Come on, get to it. And that was kind of like the male attitude. So this particular year, I, I have been training with a woman called Ezra Lynch. She's a mom. She hasn't done it in 17 years. You know, she's excited for her kids to see her start this race and, you know, the family to, she's got family coming in. So I, we've been doing some long rides and some runs and a little bit of swimming. And uh, the camaraderie that is experience is amazing, you know. So we're texting positive, you know, thoughts like good job and everything. So um, in that respect, I think that the women's support system, teamwork, teamwork and friendliness camaraderie has really I've seen it come through mm -hmm. and even though the guys were you know supportive in their own guy way it was more like a be tough you know be tough and you know you know do the training and can you keep up and get on my wheel and and things like that whereas Ezra we like to ride side by side so that we can chat mm -hmm. and you know I can ask about her kids and stuff so it is I think just by nature, a whole different experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm enjoying it a lot. Okay, well, when we talked to Janet the other day, she was talking about how in 94, she was training mostly with men and how excited she is that how far the sport has come. But was that true for you too? Like in the 80s and 90s, who were your training partners? Well, in the 80s, it was all men um, sure. down in San Diego, but it was you know, champion men. So I think it put me on this accelerated curve. I mean, to try and hang on the Tuesday ride with Scott, oh, Molina, yeah. Scott Tinley. I think that's Kenny what happens. Sousa, yeah. Mark Allen. It was like, it was, it accelerated my learning curve. Hmm. Um, and I was actually a really good biker for a long time because I just, I would go till I could start seeing, you know, the, it would, the world would close in and things were getting dark on the periphery. I went that hard. Let's also not advise that to. Uh, Gosh, to I'm so sorry. Can we <laughs> do not use any of these on your how to become a triathlete? <laughs> you know, I think that's, I think that's so funny because even when I started triathlon, which was 17 years ago, I went on the men's group right on Friday. And I also was like getting my ass dropped all the time. And like, and they were like, and I didn't know how to write out all the things that and nobody would tell you. And it wasn't like, you can do it. It was like, we left you. And I feel yeah. like, and, and I don't know, I wonder if that's changed now. Well, I think the men were really good prep yeah. for when the women got stronger coming into the sport. And I felt then I was ready to train mm. as, a, as a great training partner to mm. the women in the sport. And bring them in. But I had to, you know, I had to get my training wheels off with the guys. So Yeah. I, I mean, Sarah, way. I feel like you also, right? Like, Yeah. yeah. yeah I had... Actually, a story came to mind there because there was one... I used to train... I used to live in Scotland when I okay. first started triathlon. And I used to go on a group ride and it was like a you know, if you got dropped, you got dropped. You got dropped. Oh, that yeah. was, it was a drop ride, not a no drop ride, <laughs> a drop ride. And we were intentionally trying to drop each other. Right. And one week I was prepping for a race. So I was super fit and I hung on until like the final two. Mm -hmm. And this, are we allowed to swear on the podcast? I like, did, so. okay. <laughs> this, this dude in like, a, like he couldn't have been more Scottish, like big dude, huge quads with these like tartan cycling shorts on just looks at me after this big effort and I'm like in the final three out of this big ride and to the end. And he's like, 
who the fuck are you? And it's like broad. I couldn't Yeah, with a good it. accent. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I was like, uh, what? Like he was so not used yeah. to like now we see now we see more women like, yeah, we see more women doing more incredible things in sport on TV and just in general. There's more women doing sport like but back then he was just like mind blown. I was like, dude, yeah. <laughs> My thought was when I was racing the women's world championship in Nice in 2019, that I usually have a lot of guys. I can at least catch the guys. And this time it was, <laughs> I mean, when you're the back of the pack, you are the back of the pack. You know, these ladies are, are strong and there are not too many women that I could catch in my age group, you know, right? Yeah. And it was like, damn, I miss those guys that at least I could kind of get a little, get a hit of I, uh, passing somebody. Like, I, we'll get to the whole women's only race, but I also, I did the training some yesterday and we were laughing. It's like, out of the 800 people, it's like 700 women, and all the guys decided they needed to seed themselves first. So the only people I caught the whole time were men who were like, not in the right place. <laughs> that's fine that's great. it worked for me it made me feel better about myself absolutely yeah. <laughs> but you said like you said you i mean you you raced in the 80s and 90s coming up but you actually came back and raced again like 2018 here 2019 70.3 worlds how was it different when you kind of like returned to the island when i returned to the island i really felt like i was coming here to celebrate everything that i'd done before okay i mean obviously i trained hard i i I knew there, I, I know there's a podium up there. It'd be sure. nice to be on it. Um, but I, I really felt like if I just do my thing, kind of that old adage, like your, do your very best and it is the very best. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't concerned with competition um, coming back in my later years. Okay. I knew what it took to have a good race for myself. I enjoyed the camaraderie, men and women, but I really was there to kind of focus um, inward and to just let all that training come out and, and kind of celebrate it. Did it feel like more of a, because I know like Sarah, she, you know, she's been coming here for like 20 years mm -hmm. and it's even changed in 20 years. It's become bigger and more of a spectacle and more, right? Like more of a scene. Um, and I feel like you must have also felt like it had changed so much from the old days. Well, I, I, <laughs> I don't want to say, oh, where's the soul of Ironman? <laughs> anytime, anytime you have a new sport and, and we were really amateurs, yeah. there's going to be huge growth and change, right? Yeah. So some of the parts of Ironman that are still magical are still here. Absolutely. But mm -hmm. I think that really comes down to kind of just ignoring all the spectacle mm -hmm. and be that be that Julie Moss on race day who only wants to finish channel your inner and you Julie have Moss. no idea that you might change the world with your performance. Right. Right? right. And I don't mean that in an egotistical way, but that essence of that beginning essence of you just show up and get to the finish line and let everything else just kind of be your best effort, not in comparison to anybody else, just be your best effort. And that's the magic that I, I still come back and want to hit of year yeah. after year. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to ask you too about like the women's side of the sport in terms of performance and development. Like, did you notice sort of into the 2000s, the ways that the sport was changing or that women were on average getting better because there's more of us in the sport now? Um, the numbers certainly fueled, I'm sure, fueled all that, um, that training possibilities and, the, and that camaraderie and that pushing each other. Um, and then to kind of, if you look at, triathlon and you look at marathoning 
Mm -hmm. I mean, they, those two were just going side by side for a while, yeah. you know, the breakthroughs and distance running for women. Um, and then coming here and seeing the women drop their times on the marathon. Those are those legacies, those dynasties that were built here yeah. were built with phenomenal bike yeah. and runs and, um, <laughs> swimming, you get through it. Yeah. <laughs> you get through it. And, uh, for the, the person who wins the swim, probably doesn't have a dynasty here. Right. So. <laughs> well, you can, you know, what do they say? You can't win on the swim, but you can lose on the swim. Oh, right? that, that's kind of sad. You know? <laughs> not very, <laughs> Sorry, not your day is enough. over. Or, yeah. <laughs> We're an hour in and your day is over. You were too slow in the swim. Sorry. But I think <laughs> with, the point you're making is that there's more women here. The depth now is deeper. Yeah. But that comes at home. And those women are role models now for their, in their communities to get women involved in the sport at an earlier yes. age. Yeah. Or, or in an older age, I hate empty nesters make fantastic money spending triathletes. That's absolutely yeah. true. And so yeah. um, on two ends of the spectrum, you have opportunities, have your children, do your, have your career, then come back and kick ass in triathlon. Yeah. And we've seen, you know, we've seen like generations of legacy athletes too, who have like pushed forward in terms of like the top of the pro women's field too. You know, like we have like Paula and then Natasha and Chrissy. I'm like thinking yeah. of our shirts. Yeah. Like I know all oh, yeah. of them. Oh. I know them all. <laughs> um, Rinny right there. Like, yeah. And each and when the generations like as the generations go through, it's like there's just these unbelievable performances that are like, whoa. Yeah. And it, it hit me too that I have been here to see it all. You have. Yeah. I mean, Iron Man, this was the fifth Iron Man that was ever run. So when I did my race in 1982 and only the second time on the big island. So to be here to watch all these women roll on through, you know, take no prisoners. Um, and then equally impactful are when those seemingly shoe in wins go wrong and, right, right. and they struggle and the human side of these superhuman women are shown. And so I, I, it's, it's just been a really incredible journey with so many facets. Um, this year, obviously, is going to be the crown jewel. Yeah. I mean, now we have more women than ever, women's only race. And we're going to talk all about, you know, all about that after this ad break. Uh, ad break. I'm looking at our people behind the scenes. Our ad break. <laughs> Pillar is a new Australian company with leading micronutrition products to solve problems for athletes, such as sleep. Our favorite product is their Triple Magnesium. Triple Magnesium features three select forms of bioavailable magnesium to support muscle health, reduce muscle cramps, relieve sleeplessness, and support nervous system health. We have all been using it and it has been a game changer for our sleep and recovery scores. We love the berry flavor and take it with our shakers 30 minutes before bed every night. To try Pillar for yourself today, head to thefeed.com forward slash pillar and use code FEISTY for 15% off your order. Or if you're outside the U.S., head to PillarPerformance.shop and use the same code FEISTY. The Element Volt Bike Computer and Element Rival Multisport Watch from Wahoo are two devices that you, the feisty woman listening to this podcast, need in your triathlon toolbox. The Element Volt Bike Computer is designed for performance and engineered for simplicity. It has a sleek, simple, intuitive ride experience, and its smart navigation with turn-by-turn -turn directions will help you explore new roads. The Element Rival Multisport Watch delivers a simple, yet powerful, user experience. Unique multisport features like touchless transition, multisport handover, and perfect view zoom create a seamless performance advantage whether training for a race or competing. To learn more about the Element Bolt and Element Rival, head to wahoofitness.com. 
Chasing Epic is the essence of the Orca brand. It is about seeking the moments in life that make us feel truly alive and connected with the beauty of the world around us. There is something about being immersed in the open water, the crash of the waves, the roar of the wind, the taste of the salt water on your lips, and the warmth of the sunlight on your skin that makes you feel at home. With a history of designing performance wetsuits for triathletes since 1995, Orca's unwavering commitment to advanced, innovative swimwear empowers you to overcome your limits. Whether you're competing in a triathlon or swimming to challenge yourself, Orca's fit-for-purpose garments are designed to meet your needs. Use the code IRONWOMAN15 for 15% off all items at orca.com. That's IRONWOMAN15 for 15% off all items at orca.com. All right, so obviously we were t- it kept growing and growing because of you. And, uh, and then Ironman got like bigger and bigger and global and global. And now we kind of have gotten to this point. I mean, we we're kind of talking about the scene, the hype, but it's not all bad, right? Like it's somewhat, it's good that there are races in countries that have never had races, that there are more people doing it all over the world. Um, I think the problem now that we're okay, the problem, right? We got to in the last few years was that it's still an Island. Yeah. Are you talking metaphorically no, or I'm talking literally about here? Literally on the island. <laughs> okay. It is literally an island. So we grow yeah. the whole sport everywhere, but then it's still an island and we can't all come to the island. My my only thing I can add to kind of like why can't we have like a two-day race and why why couldn't the island accept this more was I manned an aid station from probably four o'clock till midnight uh last year. And it was on the first day of racing for the women. Yeah. And it was it was a lot of energy. I I I was packing up, walking that lonely walk back up into town. And I thought, how are they going to turn around and have the same energy to, to volunteer? So I think the volunteers uh, were were key. And I think, and I can appreciate their reluctance, but as, as we talked about earlier, we can't go back now that we've had this all women experience, we've got to move forward. So if it means taking over the island. Um, every other year, um, for a while, I think, yeah. Well, we did talk to a local athlete who's racing with team Hawaii, uh, about kind of, you know, this, this split this year and what it meant uh, compared to the double day last year. I think it's special. I think the women kind of always get like, you know, the shine is always to the men. Mm. Um, so I think it's definitely special for us. Um, but I also like, I'm a fan of the sport, so I like cheering on the men as well. So I'm going to miss that like camaraderie and like being out there to cheer cheer for both sides. Um, But definitely for the local community, um, not having 5,000 athletes this year, um, definitely was too many. And um, so trying to find that happy balance to like keep the athletes happy and also the locals happy. Yeah. So you noticed last year, like the strain on the community. How did that kind of present itself? Yeah, um, a lot of backlash um, (laughs) and, you know, being, you know, from the Big Island, um, but also competing, you know, not wanting to step on anyone's toes. um, And I could just see, you know, there's just not enough resources here for that many people, not enough places for people to go. Um, So especially on social media, like it was a lot like there's a lot of, you know, hatred things being said about it. and this year, I haven't seen anything. So Wow, that's good. Yeah, people are like, oh, is Iron Man happening this year? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, don't you see everyone out? They're like, not really. <laughs> so 
I, it's much better this year. We really loved hearing that perspective from Sky Ombak, like our, our one of our local racers. And she actually teaches at the elementary school, like right up here right. on the run. Yeah. Off Alihi, you know, so she really had that, that depth of perspective of like what, even though she's young, you know, she grew up watching Iron Man yep. here on the island, coming here every year from Gila with her dad. Um, and so it's really cool that she gets to race this year and also that she understands like some of the complicated issues sure. around having the two-day race. I mean, you, you too, were you here last year? Absolutely. And I, and I don't think we can assume how people should feel just because we love Iron Man doesn't mean right. that it's easy to live with when it comes to your island. Yeah, it was pretty busy here last year with the 5,000 athletes. Like I understood why from the local perspective, it was it was pretty hard on the businesses and on people trying to get around and all kinds of things. So Iron Man was left in this position where they had to go, okay, are we like, do we go back to the old way where we have like women's basically women made up about 27, 28 percent of the race for the, the last few years? Um, or do we try to keep the two day format where the women get their own day, but we have to put it, we have to put one of the races somewhere else. So they came up with this solution where the men are racing in Nice and the women here in Kona this year. And then we swap next year or for the next four years. Um, so I don't know. I think it'll be great for you to tackle post race because right. really you need to get all the information and get feedback from the women who've been racing um, and maybe talk to some of the men who are racing in Nice and really do a deep dive on this and see if it is going to be the way of the future. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously um, everyone's, well, I was about to say everyone says let's wait and see, but no, many people on the internet were like, this is terrible, I hate you all, I quit. But, you know, the internet. Um, nice, I was in Nice and for sure it was a great race. You know, it was good. Of course, ev of course there are things to improve. Of course, you know, things may change from here. I think even if we change from here, even if we after this say, look, I would love for them to both be in the same location. Let's rotate it around the world. Let's have two days in Nice, two days in Australia, two days in, right? Like, even if we say that, I think the thing that Iron Man was stuck with and that we're not stuck with is like, look, the world moved on. Like, we are not going back to cramming a women's world championship title in between the men. Like, they, these are pro athletes racing for a world championship they have to have their own race their own media their own day that's like not negotiable now and one of the other things i heard was will the energy be the same in kona when it's just focusing sure. on the women and i think what you you're both doing here is creating energy for the women because they're so deserving of that and i kind of feel like you don't think it's it's the greatest energy let us show you Right. Words are cheap, man. So let the action speak for it. And being here right now this year and being part of part of your podcast, I this is this is important stuff we're doing. This is this is raising the bar on energy, attention, and deservedly so. Yeah, we are raising the bar. <laughs> we, and we were, you know, we were out yesterday morning, like you said, about the energy. We were out yesterday morning at the Hoala training swim. And like it was just like any other year, you know, like there was even people were commenting in some of our interviews, like that they expected the energy to be lower or for there to be less people. But actually, in fact, I would say there was probably more. I don't have an energy meter like in my pocket all the time, but I feel like the, compared to 2019, where there were a similar number of athletes here that like it. Yeah, that the energy was was it, it was amazing actually like i'm so glad that the women are just bringing it like we know it's our day we like i'm part of it we know we know it's our day and we're like making it happen yeah and i think the people we have heard a few people be like oh it's less people than last year and you're like guys guys remember last yeah. year was double yeah. think all the way yeah. back in our brains to pre-covid times i know yeah. we can't do that anymore but think back 
Um, and yeah, yeah. If you think back to then, you're like, oh yeah, this is, it's same energy, same vibe. Uh, well, different vibe, same number of yeah. people. Um, it is a different vibe. Different vibe, <laughs> but uh, I think a better vibe. The few I'm not times... going to judge the men, no. Yeah, no, no, but <laughs> I've had the opportunity to race all women's events. Yes. And it's different. I don't know. It's just different. One, in an all women's event, you'll feel the field with all women. Sure. If it's a mixed race, again, those percentages that you talked about, they're just under 30%. An all women's venue allows people to come in, women to come in, and really just feel a freedom that they may not feel racing with men. And obviously, this is a world championship. That is not the issue here. These women are coming in well trained, ready. Yes. They've battled guys out there, you know, for a long, long time, some of them. But what I don't think they're going to, realize is that there's going to be this supportive camaraderie as they race. They're going to be people just supporting each other out there on the course fully. I mean, I feel like as a spectator, that's part of my job is to support everybody racing, but there's just something special. And I'm just, yeah. I know it's going to happen. And they're going to, they're going to say, this was just, there was something intrinsic about this atmosphere of all women coming together, not only to support each other as a group, but to support everybody's individual accomplishment across the line. Yes. So it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. That's our public service announcement <laughs> from feisty <laughs> to, to everyone out there. I mean, I think that's it, right? Like regardless of what you are thinking and feeling, about if you're missing the men or if you're, you and your partner didn't get to race in the same location like all of those things are very real but like sure. this is an opportunity for us as women to like embrace this we get the we get the race course to ourselves yeah. we get the media again I'm including me somehow sure, yeah. but like we get we get the this open race course we don't have big packs of men we have we get to have our own energy and vibes I mean it is it's everything that I don't know it's everything it's just everything. Yeah. So uh, for, for your viewers at home who aren't here, they need to be posting. They need to be commenting. They need to be kind of joining this celebration. Yes. Because then, then you're part of this. You what know, I'm hearing you say is they need yeah. to watch the women. Watch the women. Is that something you guys say? Yeah, yeah. Is that just watch the women? Yeah. It would have been nice to have known that ahead of time. <laughs> watch the women. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think... Uh, everyone's out there. Everyone's excited. I mean, even the pros we've been talking to, they're realizing like, oh, now 10 of them get to be in the press conference. So there's 10 women that they all get little sure. previews on the, on the TV coverage. Yeah. Oh, like, they, you know what I mean? Like they realize like they have to do all the sponsor, right? Like it's everything is on them instead of like, oh yeah, we'll fit you in between yawn. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Okay, so for everyone out there, make sure that you join our contest. We will be posting online. Every day we're giving away a t-shirt, uh, but also we have a big, what did we call it in the end? We have a big, we have the watch, the, we have a watch the women prize pack that's worth, I think, $1,600 um, that you can sign up for that contest with our partners. Um, we... What else do we have going on? Every morning, I, I said this already earlier, but Wednesday and Thursday morning from 7 till 9 a.m. We'll be out front here at mile 4.5 on Halihi Drive, um, where you can you can purchase your very own crawling our way to the top shirt with yeah. with the lovely Julie, Julie memed yeah. right on the front of it. You yeah. might even get to meet her now. <laughs> <laughs> Meme me. <laughs> Amazing. So any other announcements before we go? I think we're good. Okay. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Thank you, Julie, so much oh. for being here in the studio with us to kick off our first show. You were oh, the perfect thank you, person. Sarah. Thank you, Kelly. And thank you to your amazing team. And let's just, let's just get this party started. Yes. Woo.